feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. the State of the Union tomorrow night, we have a president who clearly is feckless on foreign policy. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at all the details now that we're learning about the spy balloon from China. And this is the like, you know, the the icing on the cake. In the last few hours, China is coming back and saying that they may retaliate for us shooting down the hot air balloon that was spying on our country and traveled across the country. Does that make sense to any of you? And I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do something and if our president doesn't do anything. And that, to me, is a sad testament to where we are right now. And as we're hearing details, China is saying that it was an indiscriminate hit at the hot air balloon They still maintain that it was just a weather balloon that somehow drifted thousands of miles off course, and we're supposed to believe that. And they basically are threatening the Biden administration, saying that their activities were provocative. And yet this president has been so lackluster with China. I think about the fact that he never went after Xi Jinping and asked questions about the Wuhan lab about the coronavirus. I think about, you know, all the uh, infringement of copyrights. You know, you think about TikTok. You think about all the different things that are going on. And every time he gets on the phone with China's president, he's like, hey, how you doing today, Xi? And doesn't say anything. What about fentanyl crossing our border? There is a lot that he could go after the Chinese premier on and ask questions about. And yet here we are tonight where we're seeing actually the president of the United States kind of going, uh, 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 I don't really know what's going on. And he's basically saying essentially that this president is feckless, that this president is rudderless, that he's not worried about this president or the United States. And that saddens me tremendously. Because you want them to feel like, wait a minute, let's see what this president could do. Peace through strength, but also make sure that they have some sense of fear in that package. And tonight, you get the impression that China could care less about Joe Biden and the United States. And they are really our geopolitical foe. I mean, this is not like brain surgery to figure out that you got a Chinese spy balloon that's hovering over the United States. You let it hover for eight days And then you finally shoot it down when it gets over my beloved South Carolina, just right off the coast. But you let it go by the facility that has the ICBMs. You let it go by the facility that has our B-52 bombers. And then you suddenly get some epiphany that maybe we should shoot it down after it's gotten all the information that it basically needs. So it's going to be interesting tomorrow night to watch the State of the Union. Um, We're going to be carrying it and covering it, obviously, live here. We're going to be with all of you talking about it. And, in fact, Steve Moore, noted economist, is going to be coming up in just about 25 minutes or so. He is going to be talking about his take on the State of the Union. He wrote a really powerful column today in the New York Post where he basically talks about the six, quote, mischaracterizations Uh, although he calls it lies, six lies that the Biden administration will tell 
in the State of the Union. It deals with economy, of course. It deals with border. It deals with a whole bunch of these issues. And because of that, uh, everyone's going to be watching it tomorrow night. And people think that after the State of the Union, soon afterwards, he's going to announce he's going to run for president again. This is a president who can't even shoot down a hot air balloon, doesn't have the guts to do it. He claims that, oh, I gave approval on Wednesday. Well, Wednesday was already over the continental United States. It was already like halfway through America. Why didn't you think about shooting it down when it was in Alaska? Why didn't you think about shooting it down when it got to Montana? It was over our base, our very secret, top secret base. No, you wait until it gets to South Carolina, and now you're trying to claim victory of some shape or form? How ridiculous is that? So I want to get your take on all of that tonight here on The Rita Cosby Show. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is President Biden trying to sound like, oh boy, I really took matters into my own hands. Take a listen. On Wednesday, when I was briefed on the balloon, I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit. They successfully took it down and I want to compliment our aviators who did it. Yeah, we were only eight days too late after across the United States. I mean, what kind of a moron waits until it crosses the whole country and then you decide that you're going to take it down? It just doesn't make any sense. But yet, if you listen to the liberal media, they basically are saying, well, uh, the sort of hovering, spying, looking over equates to the GOP. Listen to this analogy. This, to me, blew my mind. This is Alex Wagner, a host on MSNBC, and this is how she analogized the hot air balloon. The Republican Party loves a punching bag, especially when that punching bag is not American. And the party that has built its platform on nativism and isolationism also loves to fearmonger about foreign threats. So when an opportunity arose, literally 60,000 feet in the air, the GOP had a field day. This balloon is tailor-made for the modern-day GOP. Tailor-made. So in other words, like the balloon is somehow a boogeyman that was created by the GOP to go after Biden. Does that make sense to anybody out there? It doesn't make any sense to me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you listen to this. Joel Rubin on MSNBC. This is how he basically made it sound like our brazen and brave commander in chief really took control of the situation. It's like, what is he looking at? What is he drinking? Take a listen. It'd be very interesting to understand if President Trump and his team did anything, quite frankly. Did they even call the Chinese? Did they warn them? I know, uh, and we, we all know that our leadership did, the Secretary Blinken did, and others did for days talking to the Chinese about this. It doesn't sound like Donald Trump uh, did much about this. And so for China, you bet they're, they're upset, they're frustrated. It looks like there's a president of the United States that actually is going to push back against China. And clearly the Republicans in Congress are concerned about that, too, because it undermines a major talking point that they use about Joe Biden and, and China. And uh, so I, I think it'd be very interesting to see what inaction was taken by the last administration that allowed China to believe that the United States would continue to ignore their penetration of our, our airspace. Is there anybody out there that thinks that Joe Biden acted like some brazen uh, preemptive commander in chief? There's no greater responsibility than protecting the homeland, protecting our borders, protecting 
what's going on on the ground and in the air. And if you don't have the guts to suddenly say, take down this hot air balloon, they apparently knew about it when it was in Canada. And then it came through Alaska, remember? So we knew it went Alaska, Canada. We know that it also eventually came back. Then it went into Montana. Uh, then it's gone across the country. You had ample opportunity. I've been to Montana. In fact, some of the, a lot of people over Billings, Montana, and I have been there. I went there for the Montana Freeman standoff years ago. There is nothing there in Montana. There's like a bunch of cows and a bunch of pigs. You know, and some very lovely, beautiful farmland. You know, it's a gorgeous place, but it's a wide open area. And you don't have the guts to shoot down something like that. You should have done it before it even hit the U.S. mainland. I mean, that is astounding to me. Tell me Alaska is like a crowded urban center. You know, I mean, is there, you know, how ridiculous is this that he waits until on Wednesday? And then on Wednesday, by the way, they clearly don't really even think that he is the commander-in-chief because who overrode the president? According to his own story, he basically says, I gave the order on Wednesday, and they decided not to. So who's the president here? Are you kidding me? Can you imagine if President Trump said, listen, I'm demanding it get shot down? If somebody waited one, you know, more than a minute, they wouldn't have their job left. So who's running the presidency if President Joe Biden's, even by his own admission, the day-laden dollar short shoot-down-on-Wednesday theory works – He's not running the presidency. They're not listening to him. I mean, that is a really frightening. But I told them and some other people above me, is there somebody above the president of the United States? Clearly, he didn't say it with a lot of cojones. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Lisa Booth, conservative commentator, had this to say. Of course, Many people see the scenario with the balloon a lot differently than the folks on MSNBC. Take a listen. This balloon might as well have been shaped as a middle finger. I mean, because that's essentially what the message China was delivering to us, particularly before Secretary Blinken was supposed to go to Beijing for talks, right? It's just a flagrant middle finger to America. But because weak men create instability, and that's where we are in this world. Weak men create instability. And that's what we're seeing right now. As they're thinking about gearing up for China, uh, invasion potentially of Taiwan. There's also reports that maybe this was a test run to see potentially what could happen if they had a hot air balloon that flew over the United States. Maybe it's a test run for some sort of electromagnetic uh, attack that this was like a dry run. And if that's the case, China got an A and we got an F. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil on line two. Phil, this to me is so alarming because it's indicative of the way Biden handles foreign policy. It's very weak. It's very tepid. And I think you can't be either of those things when you're dealing with China. Your thoughts? Well, basically, this whole situation uh, could have been avoided at the jump of it. Canada could have taken an action, but they didn't. They said, let it drip to the United States. And like you said, it went over key installations in our country. And finally, it cruises over South Carolina and gets blown to kingdom come. Now, my point is this. This is this, my opinion as a military guy. This is only the beginning. This is part one of a three-part saga. The, the next part is they're going to incur with something else and then probably the government will say, well, you know, you already got one strike against you, so what should we do now? They're going to sit and think. This is not a time to sit and think. 
they blatantly invaded our airspace. And the point of it is, if I'm not mistaken, there are still these Chinese balloons over two other parts of the world, I believe South America and uh, I think um, somewhere in the Pacific, it's floating near Australia. I'm not yeah, sure. But, yeah. And by the way, Phil, the latest reports are the one in Latin America is headed north, just like all the illegal migrants. Go ahead. Yeah. The, the, the bottom line here is I think that Biden should mind his business and let the military handle this strictly as an invasion. Because if you traverse, you try that in China, you try to float something over China. I don't care if it's, it's a paper airplane. They're going to launch missiles and blow you before you even get 15 feet inside their airspace. They'll blow you to kingdom come. Yeah. And also remember the uh, incident with the um, plane not too long ago, um, a couple of years ago. I remember covering it. It was at Fox News and the plane went in their airspace. They took it right uh, they sent it back to us, by the way, in little pieces. And that was the way they handled – that was not an inv- – they said, oh, look, we went off course. We went here. They took, of course, the airmen captive, too, remember, for a few days. That's the way they handle us, telling them that they're coming into their territory. And yet we don't have any guts to shoot down a balloon that's hovering over secret spy locations. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, China wouldn't have lasted one second with that balloon. They would have said, take it down. If it was anywhere near, take it down. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, maybe Biden dreamt of taking down the hot air balloon, but he didn't act. And he basically said, yeah, I told them around Wednesday after it traversed about three quarters of the United States, maybe we should take it down. And then they decided at that point it was over many urban centers. So I understand why maybe around Wednesday they didn't want to take it down if it was going over a lot of metropolitan areas. But guess what? All the days before it wasn't. And they didn't do anything. And to me, it just epitomizes so much of this presidency. Take a listen to Sean Duffy, of course, former congressman, GOP congressman. This is what he had to say, because he believes that China is not worried about Joe Biden whatsoever. And that is a huge concern, not just for the United States, Taiwan, but really the rest of the world. Take a listen. If you hack our, our, our computers, you steal our intellectual property. No one really sees that. But when they see this balloon come over the country over sensitive sites, all of a sudden I think Americans see this as a real threat from China. And I think they want their government to respond. But you, you look at China you know, making these claims that they're going to retaliate against the U.S. What arrogance of this country to, spend, to send a spy balloon over our sensitive military sites and we shoot it down after they go over the whole country. And they're like, we're going to retaliate against you. I think they, they believe, and maybe rightfully so, that Joe Biden is stupid, that the military is stupid, that... Um, our companies are stupid because they're so easily able to steal and take American technology. And there's no real defense there. So they think they have the upper hand on the U.S. and they're playing that hand. And that is very sad because however you feel about President Biden and there's some new polls that show people don't think too much of him. You still want people to be concerned about the United States to should they wish to do us harm? Because guess who else is watching China right now? And the way we handle this hot air balloon, uh, Iran, North Korea, Russia. The list goes on and on and on. And again, I would give Joe Biden's team basically maybe an E minus. That's being kind as opposed to an F plus. 
It's embarrassing. And you have to send a message when you're dealing with dictators. It's just like Russia, where he basically said, well, if there's a minor incursion, then maybe we won't do anything. And what do they do? They invade. So weakness begets trouble. And that's what I am very, very worried about. Let's go to 1-800-848-9222. We are taking your calls. Uh, let's go to Carlo uh, in the Catskills. Line one. Go ahead, Carlo. Freedom, my love. The Polish prince. This is Carlo from Cortina Valley, named after Cortina, Italy. Hey, by, by the way, Catskills has a lot of uh, Polish people, too. So that's a good thing. So I, so I, you can't go wrong if you got Polish and Italian. That's a good combo. Go ahead, Carlo. That's right. Kielbasa and Linguini. Ooh, Listen, that me, sounds pretty good. This is an American, American Marine veteran. I'm going to tell you, hit you with this quick. One, they did not have to shoot it down. We have drones that could have pulled it down and put it in a in a radioactive-proof, lead-lined container, sealed in case there's chemical warfare. It could have been. Why didn't Canada take it down? Why didn't they, like you said, bring it down on the edge of the ocean when it was off Alaska? And the people are so concerned about this and concerned, so concerned about things like the inhumane conditions of Rikers Island. Rita, two-thirds of Amer- homeless men and women are American veterans, God help them. 13,000 American veterans suicide every year, God forgive them. Let's concentrate on that, too, for the love of God. Now, by the way, Carlo, I hear your passion, and I agree with you. Um, and one of the things we're going to be talking about later on in this hour is the handling of the illegal migrants, because it gets me so upset to hear about so many of these migrants that have come into New York City and elsewhere uh, that are getting these free hotel rooms, don't want to leave. Finally, they were forced out by the police. Um, but you're right. We got to focus on our own and focus also on protecting the homeland, too, as you understand all too well as a Marine. You know, Carlo, you hit a great point about that. We have drones. We have the technology to take it down. Um, and we could have uh, then we could have restored the technology, too, because guess what they did uh, with that spy plane? Remember the plane that they found? A while ago, um, that was the recon plane uh, that the Americans, this was years ago, they dismantled it. They went through it. They dismantled it. They went through every little nook and cranny and got the technology. They did reverse engineering. Um, and in fact, that's what many people believe was going on with the 80, 80 plus billion uh, machinery that Joe Biden left behind in Afghanistan that the Taliban were basically selling it to the Chinese so they could do reverse engineering on some of our technology and know it. But why wait? It's like, you're right, there's sort of two mistakes here. First, obviously, they should have taken it down, obviously, when it was in the water or over Alaska or even Montana. And then the second is they could have taken it to the position where we could have at least gotten some technology. Now they're like trying to find little pieces in the water uh, and hoping they can piece it together. It's almost like uh, the handling of this crisis. Biden's trying to piece it together. Uh, why do you think they didn't do that, Carlo? I mean, what's it's amazing to me that they didn't. The bottom line, reader, is this. Joe Biden is a look. He, he's a disgrace. He avoided military service. He went into college. He went. He cheated. He got thrown out. Asked Rudy Giuliani. God bless him. He went into law school. He got kicked out three times. And on top of it, he became a lifeguard. His father had a very successful dealership, auto dealership. He paid off some doctors to give him notes that he had asthma and couldn't serve in the military, yet he was a lifeguard. So maybe maybe he doesn't understand. Maybe he's been too busy talking about corn pop 
to understand the value of our military and that we're the best in the world. But let them act. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming out of Gadsden, Alabama, where a potential tragedy was averted thanks to the efforts of two people who insisted divine intervention placed them in the right spots at the right time. Lieutenant Josh Russell of the Gadsden Police Department was driving when he saw a young child estimated to be at age two or three in a little toy car on the roadway heading in the opposite direction. He said it was 1 p.m. and traffic was insane. Also, a passerby saw the same scene and tried to block the child in with his vehicle, but was unsuccessful because the child just went around him. So the lieutenant noted that the child was so small that he had to do something. Fortunately, though, he quickly stopped his police vehicle. He got out and carried the child, who he said seemed to be trying to go faster even after seeing the police cruiser and its lights to safety. Lieutenant Russell said, God put me in the right spot. My body just reacted. And people at the scene, including the little boy's mother, said that Officer Russell is a true hero. And what a beautiful story and powerful story about the different things our law enforcement encounter every single day. Well, tomorrow night is Joe Biden's first State of the Union address before a GOP-led House. He's done a State of the Union before, but this time it's a divided Congress. And it's going to be interesting to watch what he says. Is he going to talk about what great foreign leadership he had handling the Chinese air balloon that he couldn't even take that down? Is he going to talk about Afghanistan? Is he going to talk about the border? Is he going to talk about the economy? Well, this is what Congressman John Joyce had to say, basically, of what he's expecting tomorrow night. Take a listen. Tomorrow evening, President Biden will deliver his second State of the Union address, an attempt to defend his failed agenda, an agenda that has led to high inflation, crumbling supply chains, and worst of all, an open southern border that has led to far too many deaths from drugs like fentanyl. There's a lot there. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is the great economist Stephen Moore. He's also with Freedom Works, also Heritage, and he has an awesome show on WABC <laughs> Radio on weekends. And he's also my friend, so I'm so thrilled to have you here, Steve. Hi, Rita. Great to be with you. Yeah, I'm on at 1 p.m. on Saturday afternoons, the More Money Show. And it's a great show. I love it. I listen, by the way, every weekend, Steve. Uh, I love that, it. That's- my whole heart is palpitating. Basically, we have a good audience. And the smartest, you know, the, I always say the smartest people are the people who listen to WABC Talk Radio. Absolutely. I 1,000% agree. <laughs> and by the way, uh, tomorrow um, I will be also covering the State of the Union address. You wrote a really powerful column in the New York Post. It's called Six Lies Biden Will Tell in His State of the Union. Uh, walk us through what you think are going to be the biggest whoppers. Well, uh, First of all, you can you you'll be able to, to tell after the after the speech whether I got them right or wrong. But these are th- these are lies that Biden has been ta- talking about in, in recent weeks on the economy. And what, one of the big ones is you've heard him say this uh, many times that he's reduced the budget deficit by one point four trillion dollars. You know, he gets gets that uh, phony number. 
he increased the budget deficit to $2.8 trillion in his first year, an all-time record. Then in the second year, we, quote, only borrowed $1.4 trillion. So $4.2 trillion of borrowing in two years, which is an all-time record for fiscal recklessness. And he's claiming that he reduced the deficit by $1.4 trillion. So, uh, you know, that'd be like, you know, drinking a, a six-pack overnight. And then, and then one night you only drink three beers. And you're like, look at that. I, I'm... Uh, I'm making progress, right? Yeah, or or I robbed the bank um, and then returned half the money. Oh, boy, look, I gave back X money. <laughs> there you go. So another one is, of course, he's saying that he he is uh, he has uh, done all he can to uh, to uh, alleviate the problems at the border, which is absurd. I mean, the border is now, you know, we have over a million people coming in. And, and those are the only only the people we know of the, the what they call the getaways are the ones that we don't even know how many are. Are there and, and you know what? What sense does it make to build a, a wall, eighty uh, percent of a wall, which Trump did, and then not finish it? I mean, a uh, 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 chain is only as strong as its weakest link, right? And so that would be a second one. And then a third one, I'm sure he's going to mention, um, is that he's going to he's going to claim tomorrow night that he he is reducing gas prices. He's reducing gas prices. Well, the gas price was $2.50 a gallon when Trump left office. Uh, it went up to about $5 a gallon in the summer, and now it's three fifty a gallon. So he's going to claim that he's reduced the gas price. But wait a minute, Rita. It's still a dollar a gallon more today than when it was when he came into office. So is it like if you tell the same story so many times, right. somebody's apt to believe it? Is that sort of what they're hoping? I guess so. I mean, I think, you know, they th- they think that we're stupid. You know, they, they think that the Americans aren't paying attention. I mean, another one, this is something he said just Friday that I'm told he may say again in the State of the Union, which is, re- I don't know if you remember him saying this. He said he was asked about, you know, uh, inflation. And uh, he said, oh, I inherited the inflation from Trump, which is ridiculous. The, tr- the inflation rate, the month that Trump left office was 1.4%. It went to 9.1% in the summer, uh, last summer under Biden. Now it's all the way down to 6.5%, which is still the highest level we've seen in like 30 years. So I, I, there's just so many misstatements of facts. It's, it's sort of like liar, liar, pants on fire. What about also, um, there were reports recently that they're looking at maybe doing some drilling in Alaska, which is where they should have taken down the hot air balloon, yeah. by the way. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, uh, but is there is that going to be sort of ammo for him saying, look, we're increasing production, like I'm doing it in one spot, even though I killed, you know, 99% of it? Yeah, that's another one of the lies that I mentioned in my piece, which is that he, he's doing everything he can to increase oil production. And this is the same president who said he wanted to destroy America's oil and gas industry. And what I, what I mentioned in the piece is that, you know, under under Trump, we allowed, you know, huge amounts of new permitting for drilling. And that's why we saw the big increase in oil production under Trump. We became energy independent. Biden has issued fewer permits ready for this than any president since Harry Truman. Wow. 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 That's amazing. So where do, what do you think he's going to say also on foreign policy, um, Steve? Just where are your thoughts of where it's going? Because I brought up the Chinese uh, spy balloon and it was so lackluster, his attempts at taking it down finally after it's traversed the country. I think about Afghanistan. I think about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Do you think he'll hit on foreign policy? Obviously, the focus is State of the Union, but a lot of presidents in the past, and you and I have covered many of these State of the Unions, um, a lot of them touch on protecting the homeland. And I think 
You know, are you kidding me? I, maybe he's going to say, I took down that hot air balloon after it spied across America. You know, maybe he's going to yeah. somehow do sort of like you said, the way he's been, you know, kind of fudging the numbers right. with economy and doing the numbers. Do you think he'll try to put his little spin like, ah, oh, boy, I took that down? Well, you know, one of the things I admired about Trump was he was the first modern president to really see China as the as the real threat, you know, they are to our country. And China is flexing its muscle right now. It's it's uh, saber rattling. And we have, you know, there's an old saying from Ronald Reagan that weakness is provocative. And unfortunately, we have an administration that's weak and making America look weak. We're paying a high price for what happened in Afghanistan. But I'll, I'll mention another one. You mentioned Ukraine. You know, you, why do you think Biden went into the Ukraine in the first place? I mean, is it, is it a coincidence that he did that in the first year that Joe Biden was president? He didn't go into Ukraine when Trump was president because Trump, <laughs> he was that there would be very, you know, negative consequences for for uh, for Russia and Putin if he did. And so, um, you know, I, I don't see any foreign policy victories. Do you No, And and it'll be interesting. You know, you, you also I know you worked with Reagan. Um, you know, we're sitting here watching, looking at what's going on. Obviously, it's Reagan's birthday. Um, you worked with Trump, obviously. Um, how do you think they would have handled this situation, Steve? Which one? Yeah, the the whole thing. I hear you're right. Which one? You're right. There's so many on the plate. But in terms of the China, how do you think they would have handled oh, the China issue? Well, you know, about basically Reagan won the Cold War without firing a shot, right? By building up our military, building back our economy in such a you know mighty way that you know we basically caused the collapse of the Soviet Union. And you know, I think Reagan would have been very very tough with China, who's the they're the new evil empire, right? In my opinion. And so um, I don't think there's any question that Reagan and Trump would have been very, very strong. I mean, I was there when Trump negotiated better trade deals with China. He, you know, they're engaged in predatory trade practices. They're building up their military in a very aggressive and and dangerous way. So I don't I don't think that um, Reagan or Trump would have put up with that. Do you? No, I absolutely don't. And I think (laughs) I think they would have understood that here we have our, our biggest geopolitical foe, and it's sort of a metaphor for how Biden handles policy against China and anybody else um, that sort of wishes to do America harm. It's sort of like, we'll just kind of let them hover, and at some point we'll do something. Um, and it's sort of uh, typical well, for the way he's handled a lot of these things, Steve. Well, the, one, the main thing he's going to try to do tomorrow night is declare victory on the economy. He's going to victory lap because look the job market is good there's no doubt about that we've got a very strong job market right now but wages are falling relative to inflation people have lost about three to four thousand dollars of purchasing power since biden came in we've got the biggest debt in the history of our country we've got a problem at the border you know we were not energy independent as we were under trump uh, he's going to try to declare victory but i just saw a poll that just came out a week ago Six out of 10 Americans rate the economy as bad. So when, when Biden starts trumpeting how good the economy is, I think the most Americans are going to say, what country is he talking about? Exactly. Uh, and we all feel it. Um, we all see it still when you go to the grocery store. And again, I use the expression sort of rudderless. It feels rudderless in terms of the economy. It feels rudderless in terms of foreign policy. Yeah. By the way, one other just quick thing you just mentioned when people go to the grocery store. I don't know if you saw the story by CNBC this morning that more and more Americans are now doing their uh, grocery shopping at the uh, dollar stores, not at the grocery store because food prices are so high. 
Yeah, although, but guess what? At the dollar store, some of the things have gone up to two dollars. <laughs> right, right, right. It's they're, like they're going to have to call it the two dollar store. Yeah, exactly. They're going to have to start calling it the two dollar Biden store. <laughs> Steve, you're terrific. It's so great to have you on. The great economist, Steve Moore, and also make sure you catch Steve's awesome show, which I do every weekend on WABC. One o'clock on Saturdays, more money. Thanks so much, Steve. All right, Rita. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Always Bye. great to have you, my friend. And we're taking calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. You just heard from Steve Moore. His take on what Biden will try to take a victory lap on and the difference between a Reagan and a Trump. Uh, what are your thoughts on how they would have handled China? They wouldn't have had a balloon hover for five minutes. Are you kidding me? Uh, let's go to Stan on line eight. Stan, your thoughts about all this. We already know what Trump did. Three balloons went up, did nothing. We weren't even told about it. Don't talk to me about Donald Trump. Yeah, guess what? Nothing hey, Stan, happened there. Stan, Don't talk to me Stan, about Trump. Stan, 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 guess what? Uh, under that particular scenario, Trump didn't even know. And there's been John Bolton, who was his national security advisor, didn't know. John Ratcliffe, who was defense intelligence officer under he was the head of the DNI. Under Trump, he didn't know. Yeah. So, I, so it came out. Yeah, after, he didn't know. Stan, hold on. It came out after the fact that there were some tiny moments where balloons popped in, according to reports. They can't even confirm it because they weren't even told about it. The president doesn't know. None of the officials who were there at the time knew. And there's reports from the Wall Street Journal. That's all they got right now. Yeah, that they yeah. briefly they briefly yeah. popped in. So that's the best you got, Stan. Come yeah, on, you got to do better tonight. The gang that couldn't shoot straight. Trump did. At least Joseph Biden said, "Shoot the damn thing down." And the military said, "No, we'll wait and see." No, 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 no. Trump no, did uh, nothing. Yeah, you know what, nothing. Stan? Stan, are you kidding me? Two things. First off. Suddenly, uh, Biden woke up from his nap, and it was around Wednesday when he decided to shoot down the plane and say, hey, I think you should maybe shoot down the hot air balloon, right? Maybe you should. God, boy, it already went over America, already went over Montana. Uh, he's really a Johnny-come-lately at that point, and the military doesn't even respect him. I mean, that's what's so sad. China doesn't respect him. You think Afghanistan does? Russia doesn't either. And then now you got the old military who's second-guessing the president. He clearly said it with lots of force because they really listened to him. They waited till it traversed the country, Stan. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Reagan or Trump, anybody yeah. who's a real leader would have taken real that leader, down. Donald Trump, a real leader. He's a real traitor who wants to throw the, throw the country. I don't trust him with my left hand or my right. So please, don't give me Donald Trump. He's as phony as they come. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll give you one thing. You're right, but that gentleman you just had on, right? He said the deficit and so forth. We need to re- stop and uh, repeal Trump's tax cuts. That'll help the deficit. It was unnecessary. So let's forget about Donald Trump and work on the State of the Union tomorrow. Yeah, boy, is it a mess. And we're going to hear a whole bunch of hogwash. I mean, this malarkey. president, this president, you're right, it is malarkey, but Un- we're going to hear it tomorrow night. I agree with you on that part, Stan. <laughs> Stan? I'm telling you, we're going to hear a bunch of hogwash between I'm I'm protecting the border, I'm protecting the energy industry, I'm protecting the skies. Is there anywhere? Like, is there anywhere he is protecting? Because I don't see it right now, Stan. But I, but Stan, I love your call. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Stan. 1-800-848-9222. We'll take your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show.
And the State of the Union is tomorrow night. So what is President Biden going to do? Basically saying he's protecting the homeland from the skies with a hot air balloon that he waited eight days to finally take out? And also, what about the border? That is a leaky sieve. What about the economy? Well, there's a lot of questions here. The economy is doing better. I always will. I'll give them that. The jobs report was actually really good. That just came out a few days ago. But for him to sit and say, well, I brought down inflation. You just heard from Steve Moore. What a bunch of hogwash. At one point, it was 9.4. He rose it so high, it could only basically get better. So this is kind of an insight as to where he's going. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, of course, the transportation secretary, basically says it's going to be the blame game, that the reason the president hasn't been so successful is he's had Republicans fighting him. Well, this is the first time he's speaking before a Republican-led House. He's had a free-for-all. He's had a, Rep- a Democratic White House, a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate all this time, and they couldn't get it done. But, of course, it's everybody else's fault. Listen to Pete Buttigieg. But the number that really struck me in our poll was only 16%. Only 16% say that they feel better off today than they were two years ago when Biden took office. That's a tough it's a tough number to, 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 to make the case that, hey, happy days are here again. Look, we've been through a lot. And, uh, you know, the, the, the president and the entire administration recognize that there continue to be headwinds, challenges, problems facing this economy. After all, the president took office under some of the most challenging circumstances facing any president in modern times. But you look at things like the fact that real wages are up, the fact that the number of people participating in the labor force is up. Again, something that doesn't always happen when you see those unemployment numbers coming down. And I think we can expect continued improvement if if we stay the course of these successful policies. And part of what I think you're going to see on Tuesday when the president's addressing the nation and the Congress in the State of the Union is a reminder that this successful approach stands in stark contrast to a strategy that that would uh, focus on things like uh, preserving tax cuts for millionaires and billionaires, looking at uh, cutting Social Security and Medicare, which we're hearing about from a lot of House Republicans. Yeah, let's blame it on the Republicans. That's the strategy in basically tomorrow night's State of the Union. It's going to be interesting to watch the body language, too. And are they going to be sitting there going, oh, yeah, he's the greatest president ever? It looks like he is gearing up for a second term. He's planning to announce uh, likely right after the State of the Union, maybe not tomorrow night, but soon after. So, boy, is there anything that he could be riding on in terms of success one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Chris on line eight. Chris, your thoughts about all this? Hi, Rita. I just want to say something real quick. Uh, number one, Buttigieg said that the wages are up. That's false. You can look it up. Department of Labor wages are still dropping while inflation is at six point nine percent. And also, I want to just reiterate what Stan was saying before. Not reiterate, but I want to dispute what Stan was saying. If there was three balloons that flew over during Trump's term, don't you think the mainstream media? who just loves Trump so much, would have not said anything. It would have been plastered all over the news that there was Chinese balloons flying over, blah, blah, blah. They wait till two years after he's out of office and say that, oh, wait a second, this happened during Trump's. Get the hell out of here. Who are we kidding here? Right. And by the way, Chris, that's a great point. The other thing is, too, is that even by the people that are reporting it, and we don't even know if it's true or not, even by the people who are reporting it say that the Trump administration wasn't aware of it. Like that it was so sort of secret and because it like popped in very quickly. It wasn't like it traversed the country like a cross-country tour. It like popped into American territory, then popped out, according to reports, and that nobody even in the Biden administration essentially knew about it 
Um, and that's even if this is true. So even if you believe what the reports are saying, it's very different. It's not like Trump was aware of it because believe me, if he was aware of it, you know, he would there. He wouldn't have let it go an inch. So they're saying that he nobody knew about it, that they're sort of finding out after the fact. And that's, again, only according to like one or two reports. So I agree with you. Uh, it, it defies logic in so many ways. Chris, thank you very much for the call. Uh, let's go to Alex, uh, line one. Alex, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, thanks for taking the call. By the way, this didn't happen under the Trump administration. Trump is not Joe Biden, so he's alert. He gets briefings about what's going on in this country. He would have known about this, no doubt about it in my mind. But what's so funny about tomorrow night's um, State of the Union address that Joe Biden is going to give is that I find it so funny that we're all speculating about what he's going to discuss and what kind of tactics he's going to use to defend the actions of his administration and the disasters. But Joe Biden, he himself, has no idea about what topics he's going to discuss tomorrow night because he's going to read it all from the teleprompter. So we're all talking about what he's going to talk about. We know more about what he's going to discuss than he does. Yeah, that's a great point. And he's going to say, uh, now you can clap or now you can sit down or now you can. Um, by the way, it's interesting because um, our great newsman, Bob Brown, was just showing me a new poll uh, that basically it's an Associated Press uh, poll where it shows that 37 percent of Democrats say they want Biden to seek a second term. So what's going to be funny, Alex, is to watch tomorrow night, like sort of like a bunch of guppies where they're like, oh, you know, he's great. You know, like even Democrats don't want him to run because they know he looks so bad. The problem is, who else would they run? And second of all, Joe Biden seems determined to want to run, just like you said, whether he realizes it or not. Uh, We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. What do you think we'll hear from Joe Biden tomorrow night? And can he really say he's protecting our borders, he's protecting our skies? The last few months, the last two years show there's a big question mark there. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. President Biden have the gall to talk about border security tomorrow night. Uh, I don't think he will. I think he's going to be like, oh, the border's fine. We're helping migrants. Maybe that's how he's going to try to spin it. Um, as opposed to we're leaving our U.S. border completely vulnerable. Where do you think he's going to go with the State of the Union in terms of national security? And that's why we've been talking about the Chinese spy balloon, because He doesn't seem to be protecting our borders on the ground, doesn't seem to be protecting our borders from the sky. And at least I'll give Mayor Eric Adams of New York City credit. You know, over the weekend, and it was a really cold, cold night, he decided to at least spend the night at one of these new tent cities, basically, for migrants. This is at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal. Um, Remember that these migrants were camped outside of the Watson Hotel, which was a very nice four-star hotel with room service and a nice little pool and everything else. They didn't want to leave, remember, especially the single men didn't want to leave to make room for the women, by the way. So it wasn't like they were moving all the migrants out. They were just moving the men out. They were camped out, remember, on the sidewalk until they got forced out by the NYPD. They finally arrested them, at least 
I'll give Eric Adams credit that he's trying to clamp down on this and saying, listen, we have a facility for you. We've been extremely kind, which, boy, New York City sure has. And he's calling at least on the Biden administration to help financially. At least he's trying to bring some attention to the problem. He's not saying don't send more. He's basically saying send money so we can take care of them. So he's trying to have it both ways. But at least he's bringing attention by going to the border. At least he's giving attention by staying at this cruise terminal, sleeping on a cot, no less. Uh, He got up and he played video games. He laced up on sneakers, you know, with his sneakers. He got all ready. He basically said, look, this is a great facility. It's warm. It's welcoming. Trying to promote them all to basically go to that facility. But at least he's trying to at least do something and draw attention. Here he is after spending the night at that Brooklyn shelter. Take a listen. Just woke up, uh, spent the night here at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal. I'm going to go out and speak to some of the men, have something to eat. Uh, it's just a real good setting to bring people to as they transition. I want to thank Assembly Minister and Sham Barron, homeless advocate, for joining us. I'm really, you know, coalescing with these men as you know, we do our part. He sounds really tired, like he had a long, rough night at the shelter. Uh, let me uh, say how much great it is and how wonderful it is. Sounds like someone who didn't get a good night's sleep. But he does say that the migrants, he believes, really want to assimilate. He's not saying send them back. He's saying welcome them more. Take a listen. And when they spoke with me, they all said the same thing. We want to work. We want to be part of this American experience. And they want to learn English. And, by the way, uh, the state of Nevada, interestingly, is considering a bill that would allow non-citizens to serve on police forces. There's a bill that would allow non-citizens who live and work in Nevada to join the police force in the state. And that's because of staffing shortages that are taking place at police departments across the country. I'm not sure if they should be the ones on the police force, because guess what? Uh Guess what, officer? You have to go and do this and deport this person. Uh, I'm not available. I'm going to call out sick that day. Do you see somebody who's a non-citizen, especially when it comes to immigration issues? It's going to be like, um, I have a long lunch break today. I'm not available to help ICE. I don't think these people are going to be helping the immigration policy or reporting those who may be committed crimes in the state. Do Would you really trust someone who is a non-citizen to be on a police force? I actually have a problem with that. I don't think that they have shown a track record that they would actually be able to, quote, enforce the law. We have enough citizens here who are saying on the left that they would break the law, essentially, and not report or they wouldn't do any of these things. So then you're going to have a non-citizen thrown in the mix. This is a mess. And this comes, of course, tomorrow night when President Joe Biden is going to give his first State of the Union address before a GOP House And Congressman John Joyce, Republican, says that there is a glaring, glaring issue. Here is the president who talks about a variety of things, talks about, you know, of course, he tries to tout the economy, tries to do a whole bunch of things. And he seems to always stay away from the border. I think he's only mentioned fentanyl like once or twice. It was on opioid overdose day. Remember, it was a big uh, day and he mentioned it like one time, like 
I mean, this is a huge issue. We have 100,000 Americans dying from fentanyl poisoning every year and coming, by the way, from China across the border. So will he have the guts to finally say something about China? Will he finally have the guts to say something about our border? Will he finally say, yeah, by the way, I have a huge open border and it's a leaky sieve. And boy, me and my orcas have really screwed this one up. Do you see him going there? I don't see it. I see him maybe trying to spin it, but I think he's not even going to try to touch the topic because how are you going to present it? And I have, there's no glass half full here. There's no glass. I mean, it's like, it's like an empty border, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Congressman John Joyce saying what President Biden should be saying tomorrow night. As we stand in this body today, the number one killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 49 is fentanyl poisoning. We need the president to show that he is willing to work with Congress to address the crisis that his administration has caused. And we need to finally see a plan to address the crisis that we all recognize at our southern border. Yeah, we all see it. And the president barely, remember, did that little popover. And that's why I give Eric Adams credit. At least he went down to the border. He actually met with the migrants. Remember, President Biden didn't even do that. They somehow were empty that day and the streets were cleaned up in El Paso for the day when he came down. I mean, it was just such a joke. And it's so indicative of the foreign policy of this president. I mean, there's nobody out here who can say, God, this president, boy, is he a strong commander in chief. I mean, is there anybody out there that's drinking the Kool-Aid that actually thinks that? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Here is Congressman Mike Gallagher, Republican, who basically said not just the border, but the whole Chinese spy balloon incident and the fact that the president hesitated, waited till it was off the coast of South Carolina, and then finally acted after it had gone all over the country. All of that, he said, is just indicative for the way that this president has handled national security. Take a listen. Letting a Chinese surveillance balloon lazily drift over America is like seeing a robber on your front porch and inviting him in, showing him where you keep your safe, where you keep your guns, where your children sleep at night, and then politely asking him to leave. It makes no sense. It makes us look weak and flat-footed on the world stage. Yeah, and also letting the robber go through your house. First, the robber rummages in every room in your house. You sort of sit back and watch him on the surveillance camera, and then you finally decide to get him a few blocks away and pretend like you're the bad guy and you, like you're the big tough guy who goes after the robber. Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike on line six. Mike, your thoughts about this? How are you, Rita? Yeah, I, I think the uh, the administration... Uh, all know about it. I don't know so much about Biden, but well, like Soros and all that crew. It knew about knew about what knew about out. what Mike the hot air balloon. Yeah, I think I don't I, think Biden knows about it, anything, Mike. <laughs> no, no, not, yeah, but what they wanted us to do was put our focus in the air. Meanwhile, those uh, it was a, uh, a, a couple of stages. In other words, the the balloons were giving them bird's eye view to our naval, uh, our submarines. And and also it was giving them safe passage to bring something in, maybe a submarine or a few submarines, uh, maybe something in the border or into our ports. But this was all a di- diversion. 
uh, so they could bring something in. That's what I think. I mean, that I can't see anything else because the satellites could outdo anything that balloon can do. But that balloon could could do soundings on submarines, do bird's eye view on uh, on, on naval uh, ships and all that stuff. You know what I mean? But I think they just wanted us to look up, and they were giving uh, the, the Chinese a bird's eye view to bring something in. Something came in. Uh, that's the feeling I get. Yeah, it's no, only- no, no. That's an interesting point, you know. And, and you know what's scary, Mike, too, um, is that you wonder, a lot of people are saying that these balloons are sort of a dry run for seeing where our vulnerabilities are. Obviously, they were over very sensitive locations. There's no, you know, mistake about that. Um, and the fact uh, that there have been, in history, there's been incidences where um, they've used them for other techniques and some people were suspecting maybe it's sort of an EMP attack, electromagnetic attack. Um, maybe it's – and there might have even been explosives. There were reports potentially on the bottom of that, and that's why they were afraid at first to shoot it down. That's exactly why you want to shoot it down, by the way, because do you think that you should have something with explosives traveling across the United States that you would allow that? I mean, that – it it just – it defies logic to your point, Mike. Uh, first of all, I don't believe it's some, like, little, you know, nice little hot air balloon ride – um, just going over the United States, and it just happens to go over these super sensitive sites at a time also where they're trying to see what would our reaction be. They're wondering how would we respond if they went into especially like Taiwan or did something else. Well, now they can see, hey, here's where the B-52s were. Here's where the intercontinental ballistic missiles are. Um, they went over those particular sites. So it seems like they're looking to see what kind of physical response would we do, would we be capable of. And we just handed it to them on a silver platter. That That's what's so unbelievable. Uh, Mike, thanks so much. Let's go to Salvador in Long Island. Salvador, your thoughts about this and also uh, the migrants. Hey, Rita, here's the situation. The city cares more about illegal aliens. None of them are good, but they're still breaking the law. And more than they care about American veterans. New York City is the only major American city that does not have a city-run retirement home for American veterans. All they have are the horrible shelters where they cut a man's head off a few years ago, and the 19-year-old model was murdered 13 days, nights ago, God rest his soul, in a city shelter. Uh, New York City is the richest city in the world, and yet there's still no. I want to tell Adams right now, Eric Adams, he only went to the border to make himself look presidential, which he's going to have a run. God forbid he gets in. The bottom line is, Help the American veterans. Do this first. They protected us. I'm an American veteran, and we're trying to get American veterans into apartments when it was zero degrees. They went into the hospitals and the lobbies. They had nowhere to go. The VA hospital on 23rd Street turned them out, and Hunter Biden sold drugs when he was in the military. He should be doing life in Leavenworth, but Daddy pulled strings to get him off. What he did was an act of treason. And I could tell you the eight different discharges from honorable to dishonorable, if you wanted to hear them, the details. Well, my, and, and, and Sal- Salvatore, real quick, are you a veteran or were you helping the veterans? I am an American military veteran. I volunteered. I wasn't old enough to vote, but I was old enough to, protect, to risk my life to protect this country. And this country is the best, yet it mistreats American veterans the worst. You know what? I, I hear you, Salvatore, because to me it, it breaks my heart, and I agree with you, that it seems like this administration and this city and New York City um, has really indeed uh, taken priority for the migrants. And you're right. I'd love to see them pounding their fist saying we need much more for our veterans. We can never do enough. 
And you're right. That's where the fun should be. Starts, you know, then you could say, okay, if we have any extra, then maybe you want to help somebody else. But I still have a hard time with people crossing illegally, period. Uh, But if you don't help our own first, and especially the best of the best of us, our veterans and our law enforcement, um, then shame on you. I agree with you, Salvatore. And by the way, thank you so much for your incredible service. And I hear your passion. Um, and I feel it, too, because, believe me, I get so angry about it, too. We need to draw attention to this and make sure priorities go to the right places. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sounds like the migrants at the Watson Hotel. Whiskey bottles, scars, phones. And now, as you just heard from our last caller, boy, that was emotional to hear him saying, why are we not paying attention to our veterans? And you're right. Uh, Eric Adams is trying to kind of have it both ways. Yeah, he's bringing attention. He's going to the migrant facilities. He's going to the border. Uh, And yet he's also saying, hey, we need more money for more of them. And what about money for our veterans and other things? And also, what about national security? I mean, this is really a huge concern. First off, our borders all over the place, not vetting people coming through the borders. And now we have this incident in the skies, of course, of finally getting some action, some cojones, where our president finally says, "Okay, well, maybe we will at some point shoot it down. And they finally decide to shoot it down, essentially off the coast of South Carolina after it's gotten all the intel across our country. And part of the reason, first off, you got a lackluster, very tepid American president who is scared of his own shadow when it comes to U.S. policy and protecting the homeland, the way he handled Russia, the way he's handled so many of these issues. And then you also have now a situation at the military. And this saddens me because you look at even on China, General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, remember that guy who was like, well, I shouldn't be walking out with President Trump because it would look political. And he seems to be even more political than anybody. Well, he seems to be inept on the threat that China poses to the homeland. So you got a bad combination. Here is General Mark Milley. This is back in 2015, where he basically said, let's play footsies with China. No big problem there. China's not an enemy. Uh, And I think that's important to really understand. Uh, China is a rising power. China has been a rising power since uh, Deng Xiaoping in 79. And they've been clicking off at 10% growth for almost 30 years, and they dropped down about 7% last year or two. And they'll probably drop again, you know, and come into the range of normalcy and 3 to 5% growth. But that's still significant economic growth. And there's been a really large historic change from a North Atlantic-based global economy to now it's proceeding to be a North Pacific-based global economy. So uh, with respect to China, um, what normally happens historically, it's not in all cases, but in most cases, where you have economic growth of that magnitude typically follows military power. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a, <clears throat> a significant increase in, in uh, Chinese military uh, capabilities over the last uh, 10 to 20 years, uh, and uh, they are going to develop themselves and are developing themselves uh, into a great power. Yeah, 
So they are a threat. They're our biggest geopolitical foe. And you have our, you know, basically our military now worried about woke politics, worried about, you know, critical race theory and quotas as opposed to fighting a war. And then you've got the military that seems very lackluster about taking down this hot air balloon. Look, Millie clearly didn't even think they were a threat. What, is he going to wait till they're like, you know, at our doorstep? They were above our skies, basically at our doorstep from above. And then you got Biden who's like, well, maybe we should do something. I mean, this is a really scary formula, and that's what concerns me so much. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line one. BJ, your thoughts about this? Excellent show, Rita. Good to hear your voice. Listen, um, thoroughly modern Millie, who uh, wants to understand about wokeism and white rage, has a history of intervening and not telling the president whom he serves under the good graces of and the American people what's going on. Him and that other guy, uh, 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 Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis, apparently they they had their own little uh, uh, line of communication with the Chinese hardliners because they felt that Donald Trump couldn't handle this situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, BJ, um, and I'll let you finish. You just brought up a great point. That's right. Um, When Millie, remember, it turned out, was actually kind of like tipping off the Chinese that, you know, oh, but, you know, Trump isn't happy with you. And just to be worried, don't worry, you know, don't don't be uh, too alarmed. I'm got, I've got an eye on it. Um, I'm aware that if he tries to do something really serious, I'll give you the tip off. I'll give you the lead off. I mean, you're right. He was that to me was treasonous. Go ahead, BJ. It was outrageous. Yeah. That has real that presents real problems. And that's a real optics problems at the very least. Uh, uh, If you remember, Mattis went on in 2020 to uh, to resign and to say uh, 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 that uh, Donald Trump was a threat to our 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 constitutional republic, which I found disgraceful. Um, You know, let's be clear. If Donald Trump knew if Donald Trump was president, he would have incinerated that that balloon. And how did it get past the Canadian border is what I want to know how this happened. I, I haven't a clue, but I do know this. And this is my humble opinion. I think all of the Republicans should show up tomorrow at the State of the Union address with helium filled balloons. And they should sit there in the audience as as a Biden uh, gets up there and 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 tells us all about how wonderful he's doing and and how you know everything is going just rosy and dandy when our borders being overrun, our economy's in the toilet, our food and our gas prices are out of control, and no one, and I mean none of the world powers, are respecting us. Yeah, no, you bring up it. So they need to dress up as hot air balloons. Uh, and then listen to a whole bunch of hot air from this president at the same time. That would be an interesting State of the Union. That would be a little more interesting than I think what we will hear. We'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story coming from Omaha, Nebraska, where over the weekend, the Creighton, Nebraska basketball team honored a veteran who served across the country and overseas during his military career. 
The honoree was Vietnam veteran Jim Thrain. Thrain enlisted in July of 1968, and he was stationed in Louisiana and Georgia before receiving orders to go to Vietnam. Thrain served as a point man before enrolling in sniper training. He was awarded the Purple Heart for injuries sustained while serving. And he said over the weekend, it is a great honor. I went into the service from Omaha and I came back here. It's a whole lot different homecoming now than I got then. This is sort of the homecoming for me right now today. What a powerful story. And to all of our great Vietnam veterans out there, I know there's a lot of you who listen to the show. We love you. We appreciate you. And welcome home. And we are talking, of course, about the fact that our U.S. military was so incredibly lackluster, as well as our president, and handling the old hot air balloon. And now China, in the last few hours, is saying, well, there may be some form of retaliation. And I could see Biden being like, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Do you ever see Biden being on the phone with the Chinese leader and being like, listen, she, this is not going to happen. If you put that hot air balloon one inch into America, we're going to blow it up. And if you try to do anything else, we're going to then send in inspectors to the Wuhan lab. No, it's like, oh, how are you, President Xi? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite ice cream? I like chocolate. I can hear the conversation right now. How frightening is that? And I think the way he has handled this issue really just epitomizes the problem that we're having in America right now. We are so vulnerable. And we just played the comment from Millie, who was saying just a few years ago that China's not an enemy. You know, now today he's kind of like, well, uh, we had to shoot it down because it's a surveillance because it was so obvious. I mean, that's scary that our military seems behind the eight ball and our president seems behind much more than that. Here is Senator Rand Paul basically saying that the repercussions of President Biden's lackluster policies on the air and also look at our borders everywhere else is really setting a terrible standard for the rest of the world and makes us so vulnerable. With regard to what they should have done, you know, we need a commander in chief that's able to respond and a national defense that is able to respond within seconds to minutes to penetration of our airspace. So this sort of long drawn out that we let this drift over the ocean to Alaska, across Alaska, across Canada, and then when they finally decided to do something, it still took them four more days. Uh, This really is probing our defenses in a way. Even if there was no surveillance on board, they've gotten a great deal of information as to how sluggish the Biden administration is in their response. So if you decide to shoot it down a week later, you probably could have made that decision a lot quicker when it was over a deserted part of either Alaska or before it crossed the coast of Alaska. So this looks very, very weak in the eyes of our enemy and I think was a a huge mistake. Yeah, I think it is an enormous mistake, just like our pullout of Afghanistan, leaving $80 billion of U.S. military hardware behind. I mean, there are just so many issues now that make President Biden look like someone who is not protecting the homeland. And to me, that is an enormous issue. This president has time and time again done this kind of activity. It is a repeated pattern. And tomorrow night, he's going to go out there and State of the Union strong. We're protecting the homeland. I shot down a hot air balloon after it flew across the country and surveilled all the secret installations. But boy, wasn't I courageous shooting it down off of Surfside Beach in South Carolina, which, by the way, is a beautiful place. I played golf there. It's a beautiful place. But you know what? He could have gotten it down a lot sooner. And yet, if you listen to the mainstream media, I always laugh. It's like, what are they looking at? This is Joel Rubin. He's on MSNBC, uh, the liberal MSNBC. 
And he seems to think that like uh, Biden is Schwarzkopf. Take a listen. You know, China's behavior is getting more brazen. And I think that's what's so offensive about this right now is that the secretary, as you mentioned, Secretary Blinken was about to go to Beijing. And here they are sending these balloons over our, our country and, and elsewhere. I think China has a sense of impunity right now that it's testing. And it was crucial to push back against this test. And so the president, by taking this action, being patient, doing it in the right way, is telling China, no, there are limits and uh, uh, sending a strong signal that we're not going to play by the rules that China thinks it can set for the rest of us. Right. Is there anybody who thinks that Biden was tough on this? Are you kidding me? Let's go to Norm. Line three. Norm, your thoughts about this. I'm laughing. Yes, Rita. Um, uh, I listen. Uh, concerning your soundbite before of General Milley, all I can think of is, yeah, he's a feckless general for a, a feckless commander in chief. So, I mean, you know, I, he he uh, he's not clear that uh, China is a threat. I mean, I think that he was in on this whole thing to give China the launch codes if uh, under Donald Trump. So, I mean, to me, he's a traitor or at the very minimum, he's compromised in some way. Uh, he was very clear about stabbing President Trump in the back. That that he was very very clear on. Um, I, I just I think back in history, uh, would uh, would would MacArthur have been in this position? Would he speak like that about uh, I don't know the Chinese uh, or you know uh, uh, any of the great generals? Uh, Patton, for example. Uh, I just you know I I just. This, this General Milley is bad news. That's my opinion. Well, and, for, and, tomorrow, and, and by the way, uh, for him, think... for him to be so soft on China in the past, um, yeah. and also as BJ was bringing up appropriately, uh, reminded us of remember when when uh, he was kind of tipping off the Chinese, like he seems to be cozier with the Chinese than the U.S. military. It's odd. Uh, but go ahead, Norm. What are you expecting tomorrow night? Um, tomorrow night, Rita. I, well, y- you better watch it and make uh, a lot of notes because I can't watch the man. Uh, if I if when I put it on, uh, if I hear him speak, if I hear if I just even see him behind a podium, I get nauseous. So I'm going to be you know listening to the sound bites and uh, reading it uh, in the post the next day, and that's it. But I I, I can't I, I can't watch him. <laughs> I ju- I just can't. Well, you know what? Uh, I will be watching it. I'll be with all of you guys, and then we're going to do some great analysis afterwards. So you don't have to listen. I'm going to spare you the the heartache of listening to it, but I will give you the good recap. So you got to make sure you tune in tomorrow night, Norm. Um, and speaking of which, um, you know, some of the rhetoric and hot air, um, we're hearing that already. You can already see MSNBC. Um, they're not talking about the president's deficiencies at the border. They're not talking about is like, oh, maybe I should hit a hot... He can't even get a hot air balloon down. That's pretty bad news. Um, and yet, all they're talking about, again, is sort of like Trumpitis. Um, and that is because tomorrow night, Norm, that right after uh, the State of the Union, they always have a GOP response, and they usually pick sort of a rising star. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is, of course, a great White House press secretary, is going to be giving the GOP rebuttal. She'll be doing that right after President Biden. That I can't wait. Because sometimes you have these people that are like so lackluster and you're like, rah, 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 you know, and then sometimes you have one with good teeth. I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be good. I think she's going to come out and go swinging and going, well, the president said this. That ain't true. The president said this. That ain't true. But if you listen to the Democrats, they don't even talk about the border. They don't talk about what you and I are just talking about, sort of this weak military, which saddens me. Uh, they're basically talking about Trump. It's all about Trump, 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 Trump. Don't worry about how unprotected the homeland is. 
from the skies and the border. Uh, just worry about Trump. Listen to Charlie Sykes. Uh, here he is on MSNBC. This is a really interesting choice. Uh, first of all, going outside of Washington, of course, a governor, a newly elected governor, a woman, and someone who was so practiced at responding and rebutting from the White House podium when she was White House press secretary, also, of course, the daughter of Mike Huckabee. She was also a fire hose of misinformation and disinformation from the Trump era. So uh, yet another data point about the Republican Party uh, not moving on from the, the Trump years and not uh, not adjusting or calibrating their their approach. Uh, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, has not been governor for very long, but she's already established um, herself as somebody who is prioritizing, you know, the culture war, the kind of hot button culture war issues that we're hearing from Ron DeSantis. But it is an interesting choice. So for uh, for Republicans who want a little bit of a flashback uh, to the glory days of the press briefings when Donald Trump was in the White House, they're going to get another dose of it. Yeah, so it's all about Trump. By the way, Trump is having a war of words uh, with ex-New Jersey governor Chris Christie, uh, who basically said the 2020 loss to Joe Biden, quote, still stings. And Trump fired back saying Christie is sloppy. Uh, Christie, of course, is eyeing possibly a run for the White House. Um, also, Nikki Haley, as we talked about the other day, there's word that she is going to announce next week. Um, so it's going to get pretty fiery and pretty heated fast. And uh, get out the popcorn, guys. That's all I got to say. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Teddy on line four. Uh, Ted, your thoughts about all this? Oh, Rita, I think Biden has handled it beautifully. He just didn't jump into the ocean and say, let's blow it up and not knowing the repercussions and dangers that it could happen to civilian life. He lay, he relied on his military people that know more than you. I think it's outrageous that you make the charges of, about Biden. It's outrageous. Teddy, 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 word, Teddy, boy, you're getting, you're going to like blow your uh, vocal cords. All right. Yeah. But so, so wait, hang on, Ted, hang on. You said a bit there. All right. First off, you are kidding me that this was like the show of force. You sound like 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 President Biden is like Patton. You know, you got to be kidding me uh, that he didn't blow it up. He had every chance to get rid of it. By the way, even like as one of our callers brought up drone technology, there's other technologies where they could have actually seized the device, not have to blow it up. And they could have seized it. Don't you think it would have been a little smarter to do it when it was over the water before it hit the U.S. mainland and spied all over us? And don't you think it would have been smarter to also do it even over Alaska, even if you didn't figure it out over the water, maybe over Alaska or maybe over Montana, as opposed to waiting till it goes across the country? I mean, he was late. Our military was late, Milley and others. But President Biden didn't even apparently he said he waited till Wednesday. He was halfway through the country. That's like I mean, that's like a, uh, they came in and invaded and I told them to get out after they were here for 30 days. I mean, give me a break, Ted. Oh, Burrito, what harm was done by waiting a few days? You don't know, Ted. Ted, Ted, are you a, a Chinese surveillance expert? Because people that we've spoken to actually have said a lot of damage. You think it's a coincidence that it was flying over these secret bases that had our top military technology? They just kind of happened to go over those bases, and they happen to be a foe that is definitely gearing up for potentially invading Taiwan, and we have said we would protect Taiwan. You think this is all coincidence? Come on, you're a smart guy. Go ahead. Well, Rita, I still think he did a, 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 the appropriate thing 
he acted appropriately. And then I'd like for you to comment. You you mentioned it briefly on the twelve and a half million, excuse me, five hundred thousand new jobs. Okay, and since he's taken office. Twelve and a half million new jobs have been created. And, by, and by the way, Ted, 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 if you had listened and you were take the wax out of yours, I had actually said that early on in the show that he has actually done well with some of the job creation, although um, the wages have gone down. The average wages have gone down. But he did have a decent job report on Friday. And I actually did say that um, yet. You could also make the case that he's killed a lot of jobs with the oil and gas industry and Keystone Pipeline. So uh, maybe he could say, here's this. If I were him, I'd spend like 99 percent on that because there's nothing else he can say, Ted. There's you nothing can't else. Say anything positive about any Democrat, especially. Oh, no, actually, I can. Teddy, I actually can. I've had a lot of Democrats even on the show and I've interviewed them many times. But I also call a spade a spade. And if somebody is inept, I mean, you cannot make it sound like President Biden was some aggressive general taking charge. My goodness, you know, this he's like waving the white flag uh, the minute he came in. You think China, they're laughing to the bank right now, and that's what saddens me. And I would say that if it was a Republican too, Ted. Go ahead. Well, Rita, I'm going to just uh, call it a night uh, to deal, you know, with you in a, in a debate and Norm and BJ. They got their own agenda there. Well, Teddy, you, Teddy, 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 since they're not here, I'll defend them all. And I'll also defend you. you. You have a right to say whatever you think, whether I agree with it or not. And you clearly have an agenda, too. But I also appreciate your views. And Ted, always great to hear from you. And I love your passion. I'll okay. give you that. Ted, thank you, Ted. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, Teddy's on fire tonight. Ted and, Na- and Stan are like drinking something tonight. Oh, wow. Whatever that is, that's good stuff. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. So you just heard from Ted, who is drinking some Kool-Aid, who thinks that President Biden basically is like Patton. Charge! Right! He couldn't even get down a hot air balloon. This is Senator Tom Cotton basically giving his assessment. It's a little different than Ted's. What began as a spy balloon has become a trial balloon, testing President Biden's strength and resolve. And unfortunately, the president failed that test. Uh, and that's dangerous for the American people. Yeah. Is there anybody who thinks that the way this was handled should be uh, an A plus uh, other than Ted? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jane. Line two. Jane, your thoughts about this. Hey, Jane, are you there? Call back, Jane. We don't hear you. Call back. Let's go to Susan. Line three. Hey, oh, Susan. Rita. Hi. Listen, that clip you played of Millie. Uh, praising China for growing at 10 percent and be, making them, you know, able to be a military power. Well, for God's sakes, they use slave labor, forced labor, and they, um, the people, they have nets outside of these um, factories because the people are committing suicide at such a high rate because they're so oppressed. I mean, the way he was talking about China now, and we're growing at 1% since uh, Biden came in with his great policies of, uh, you know, uh, cutting off us being oil producers 
as well as his taking all of the things that Trump did the first day he was in there. He had all those executive orders ready because he was in his basement the whole time. You know, before I'm just I'm really upset right now. I'm sorry. No, Susan, I am, too. It's like outrageous that he actually that that what's scary is when you're dealing with somebody as shrewd as China is and they're in it for the long game. Clearly, they were doing something nefarious with this balloon. There's no question about it. And you have a president who seems to not want to take charge in any shape or form, has a military that seems like it's gone woke um, and is playing politics. And it feels like we're flat-footed. And that's a scary place to be with an open border at the same time. To me, that's a really dangerous combination. Susan, thank you so much. Let's go to Thomas. Line five. Thomas, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, thank you so much. God bless you for your red, white, and blue program. Thank you. You know, Rita, it's obvious to me why it took eight days, because uh, General Benedict Arnold, I mean, Mark Milley, already told us he would call his daddy Xi Jinping before we did anything. So Xi Jinping said, well, give me about eight days to collect all the data I need on your um, top secret locations and then shoot it down when I've got everything I need. You know what, Rita? We are so vulnerable between the military equipment we left in Afghanistan, what we've given or sold to Ukraine and the wiping out of our strategic oil reserves. I mean, what does it take? For these uh, traitors to be, I mean, how is Milley not court-martialed? I mean, my prayer is Biden and and the laughing hyena get impeached and removed, and I'll take my chances with Kevin McCarthy. What do you think, Rita? Well, you know, your point about the fact that they've been so lackluster, and I do think it's that combination, as I said, of Milley being so lackluster. you got a lackluster military, which is scary as heck. Because uh, they are not supposed to be playing politics. And you just brought up the point, too, about his kind of like, hey, wink, wink, China in the last administration. If there's any problems, I'll let you know. I mean, what is that about? That was an outrageous. He should have been removed on site on that. That, to me, was outrageous. And yet he got rewarded by President Biden. So he's Biden's guy. And you got that. And then you got a president who's so lackluster. That combination is really scary. And the thought of uh, laughing Kamala uh, is a really scary premise too. You're right. I, I mean, I hate when I hear her laughing. It to me is so uh, I think um, diminishing, and I think it's so unprofessional for somebody who is you know right behind the president in terms of succession. That's a scary possibility. You got to have people who take national security, international security, uh, very seriously. And I don't see a combination right here. And that to me is that's why I, I genuinely I feel like we are so vulnerable, like I've never seen us before. Uh, Thomas, great points. Let's go to Lynn. Uh, line one. Lynn, your thoughts about all this from Virginia. Uh, it's Lynn. And listen, one thing y'all might be missing here is that um, the United States and China is in a real struggle for the non-aligned nations of the world where all those minerals that are supposed to power our battery yep. future in yep. the line. That's where they're found. And, and China seems to be making great headway there. And we're not doing much. And I think they just uh, showed the world, you know, that they're the one that's up and coming. And the United States is a is a faded glory. Yeah. And how sad is that? You know, I mean, that's I think you sadly are correct. 
And that saddens me because whether we have a Republican or Democrat uh, in the White House, whoever we have in the White House, you want America to be great. You want America to be strong. You want America to be perceived strong. And you're right. I think that China is trying to create this alliance. You see it with Russia. You see them cozying up to Iran. Um, and these are all bad actors that are sort of forming this union. China's been snubbing us, you know, with the whole thing with Russia. They're still doing deals with Russia, even though uh, many countries around the world clearly are not as a result of what they did to Ukraine and are continuing to do to Ukraine. And yet China's like, too bad. We're doing our business. We'll do this. We'll do that. And then they're so brazen as to fly a hot air balloon over America. I mean, that you're right. And that saddens me. And that's why I feel like we are so at risk. And the State of the Union should be, he's going to say the State of the Union is strong. It should be the State of the Union is wimpy, thanks to me. Uh, let's go to William, line six. William, your thoughts. How are you? I want to know, uh, not only did they cross over our whole country, but where was Canada when it crossed over their airspace? I mean, it's, you know, is Trudeau in bed with uh, Biden, where he has a policy with NORAD that says don't shoot anything down that crosses multinational airspace? No, that's a great point. And listen, Trudeau is kind of uh, soft on uh, soft on uh, military strategy, too. So you got a bad combination with that. And you're right. He should have done something. But clearly they were aware it was in Canada, didn't do anything. They were aware it was in Alaska, didn't do anything. They were aware it was in Montana, didn't do anything. So you're right. I mean, you got lackluster on the north. You clearly have lackluster in the south. Imagine if it was flying over Mexico. Uh, the Mexican president would be like, keep going. You're doing great. Can you add 500 more? I mean, that guy is a disaster, too. And that's the scary thing. Real quick, let's go to Larry uh, in Brooklyn. Real quick, Larry, your thoughts. Okay, Rita, this is a case of the tail wagging the dog. Biden didn't do anything because he can't think. The New York Post had it right. He was hoping that nobody would notice the balloon and it would just float away. You see, when everybody cried out, then he did something because he got lost. He said, okay, I did the will of the people. So nobody focuses on the fact that he didn't do anything. Yeah, although we're focusing, Lair, and it'll be interesting to see how he tries to play this tomorrow night. Like he's the big balloon killer. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.